This is Tort Talk with Terrence A. Gross, a board-certified personal injury lawyer. Welcome to another episode of Tort Talk. This is the podcast where you hear lawyerly things, law things, things that help you with lawsuits. You notice I said the word law a lot. Well, law is kind of on my mind. I have Terrence Gross in the studio, and he's a lawyer. He knows what he's talking about. I, Paul Stadden, am just the guy who owns the studio who knows how to ask questions. And welcome back to Tort Talk, Terrence. We're glad to be here. Glad to have you. So we've talked about a lot of different things over the past few weeks that have been really interesting. We've talked about uh, the repeal of Roe versus Wade. We've talked about doing investigations in your own cases. If you've missed any of those episodes, by the way, this is the first one you're listening to. Well, first off, shame on you. Uh, no, seriously, go take a listen to the other episodes. I'm sure they'll be really super helpful. So this week we're talking about handling cases, right? And going through all the way from start to finish. So tell me a little bit about what it is that uh, people need to know about the beginnings, the first part where you're actually collecting evidence, then through the middle and through the end. Can you kind of walk me through this process? I've never had to do it. And fingers crossed, I never have to sue anybody. Well, we are very anal at our office about that. There's a right way to do things and a wrong way. Mm. And if you were dealing with a general practitioner. So if you went to a lawyer that was in your church or your next door neighbor that maybe dabbled in personal injury, he'd probably be very nice and you would come in and meet him and he had this big empty yellow pad and his pen ready and he spends a half hour asking about your address and your birth date and social security number and then you start asking about the case and whatever and you're there for two hours and maybe you get some uh, good answers, maybe not. That's how not to do it. Ah, Now, how we do it is if you were to call in for a personal injury inquiry, we have trained paralegals that we call intake paralegals and they have forms. They don't, they're not allowed to ad lib. There is no blank yellow pad. We have every question that I made up that I want to know, and some of them are pretty obvious, you know, tell us about how the accident happened. Tell us all you know about insurance coverage in your family's household. Tell us about your prior injuries. Tell us about your accident injuries. Where did you treat? And all these things are on the form in about a half an hour. Then they make an appointment to see me. So by the time you see me, all that's typed up nice and Mm -hmm. neaty. And I don't spend all the time on that. I may tweak it a little bit, ask a few questions, and we're able to get right into the meat of the matter and probably after 45 minutes know exactly where we need to go. So that's the difference between going to a specialist and maybe a general practitioner because even on his yellow pad, you know, when you go to open up a file, how much that yellow pad is going to make it into the system. Ours, what we do immediately if you retain us, is we take that information from that, that first intake sheet and it goes onto what we call an incident page. That becomes the Bible of your case. Mm-hmm. And I think of cases in three terms liability. We're always building that. How did it happen? Was the client wearing his seatbelt? Were there eyewitnesses? Do we have an accident report? Is there a dash cam video or whatever there may be that you want to put under liability? Then insurance coverage. We find out obviously eventually how much insurance did the defendant have? What type of insurance do you have? 
What type of insurance do your resident relatives have? Because in Florida, we are allowed sometimes to actually use the coverage of resident relatives, as we've talked about on past shows with uninsured motorists. And then we go to damages, and then we do the prior. So did you have a prior accident? Did you have prior neck or back pain or headaches? Who did you treat with? Prior surgeries. Then we go post-accident, ambulance, ER, chiropractor, pain doctor, neurosurgeon, neurologist, MRI scans, and all these things. And as we get the results, we fill it in. So when I get an MRI report, I don't just file it. I immediately dictate a thing for the incident page. It's a living, breathing document. And we I'll start saying uh, a normal uh, lumbar MRI, except for L5-S1, where there, is, where there is a disc extrusion that is impinging the the L5 nerve root, you know, and that's a big thing. That usually means you probably need to go see a surgeon if that's your finding. So we just, it's it, it's building. So when you come back in, and I've been your lawyer for two years, a general practitioner is fumbling through the file and try to talk intelligently. I go right to my incident page that is only one to two pages. That's it. Summarizes your entire case. And I can just look at it for 30 seconds and be right on top of your case and be right there with and and with the volume practice when you're representing over 100 people at a time you have to know this and and not to be scattered and and all over the place. Oh, that makes sense. Now, I guess this would help also if there are going to be a lot of people, not that there's a lot of turnover in the industry or anything like that, but if you have a lot of people who are helping you out, you're ensuring that they have your brain essentially, when a new possible client comes in. Every question you would ask that you would know to ask, they now know how to ask. Correct. So you're basically just kind of transferring your knowledge to this sheet and your expertise and your experience to the sheet so that there is no way somebody's going to come in not having had the question asked that you would think of off the top of your head. Uh, So with this kind of expertise, first off, how much do you rely on digital storage and being able to reference things because, you know, I picture in my mind like these law movies and everything's going giant filing cabinets. Are you relying on digital? Are you relying on physical? And if so, which, which, why do you go that way? It's a combination. Well, I'm okay. 68 years old, so I'm still a paper guy. Okay. Now I practice my three law partners, as we said before, my two sons, you've met some of them and my son-in-law, so they are virtually paperless. Okay. And we do have a great software program that is made for lawyers only called mm. FileVine. So we scan every document. So every document is scanned and uh, they, they're very good at retrieving it. I still like my paper. All right. Mm-hmm. So I, I have the file cabinets, but I'm also, my, my paralegals are totally on the digital side of things. And I could be at one of our remote offices. We have five. And they'll pull it up and just email it to me if, if there's a certain document I want. I'd say what I want. Boom, there it is. So it's sort of, I'm a hybrid situation, but the way the law is going, all the young lawyers are, are mm. going more and more paperless. Research is paperless. It's all online. There's none of the books. Nobody goes to the law library anymore. 
Uh, I don't think my boys have ever been in the law library at the courthouse. <laughs> right. It's very impressive, but it, I don't even know what the librarian does in the Fair enough. anymore. <laughs> but but you're, you, that was a great question because that, that's where we're going. But we still pull on those things. But again, uh, we, we have this. The, I have my incident page, which is my Bible. It is my crutch. So you come in and, you know, you can make an appointment that morning and all of a sudden, I'm so, oh, he's on my books. Okay, well, it doesn't really matter because I'm I can get up to speed so quickly and intelligently uh, discuss your case, all the nuances because we're adding to this thing uh, time and time again, and it helps me know maybe start when it's about time to settle because as we we have these check marks and do we have a final report from the chiropractor? Do we have a final report from the pain doctor? Do we have a final report from the neurosurgeon? Does he need surgery? All these things start to get answered and I'm always looking at the coverage because the coverages are there. Mm -hmm. So if you've got lower limits, the case may go quicker because you've run out of coverage. Mm -hmm. If it's a big limit and you are treating a lot, then those cases are going to take longer but we're not worried about bills and such. If there's a big limit, we're not as worried. Uh, I get very worried about medical bills and so forth when there's not much coverage. So we find out about the coverage very often. I will tell you this. I can actually play chess. If you wanted me to play chess mm-hmm. with you right now, I know how to move the pawns. Right. I can move the knights and the bishops and the queens. But I will tell you. I suck at chess because <laughs> the reason I suck is because I don't think in advance. So the ah. really good player is thinking five and six and eight moves in advance. I'm just reacting. I know how to move them and mm-hmm. how they're supposed to go. And I can make a little move there, but I can't, I'm not trying to trap you. I, I right. can't think in advance as a lawyer doing personal injury cases. I'm thinking way in advance. Mm-hmm. You come in that first appointment. I'm already thinking about next year. I'm already thinking if we could do this. So I'm thinking so many moves in advance. So, and, and, and the general practitioner can't do that. Right. I also want to tell you what separates us from some other law firms is uh, the Mr. Big law firm, the biggest mm-hmm. law firm in the, in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, I found out because I interviewed some of their paralegals that their lawyers do not handle the cases pre-suit. Mm. They have paralegals. They call them case managers. They're gathering records. They may even make demands. I'm thinking, what's the lawyers doing? <laughs> we do that. I'm in your case from day one. Yes, I got a paralegal, and she's helping me. But but when you meet, it's with me. I'm the one that's writing the doctors. I'm the one that's reading the lumbar MRIs and the doctor's records and making decisions. I think that's very important. That's called the practice of law. Right. So I'm practicing law. And then if I have to file suit, I know your case from top to bottom. By the time I file suit, I know you because we've interacted so many times. I know about your prior records. There's there's just very little surprise versus if you've got some case manager, then all of a sudden you got to file suit. Now the lawyer gets involved. They You've been in the system in the law firm for two or three years, and now you're meeting the lawyer for the first time. Uh, I mm-hmm. I think there's a defect in that logic, and and I would argue that I like our way. Maybe our way is old school, but if you look at the reviews at Gross and Schuster, you'll see the common denominator is that we communicate and that the the people are glowing about their experience. If something, if I find out something bad about your case early on, I'm going to tell you. Right. If I find out something good, I'm going to tell you, and I try to give you real realistic projections. Uh, eventually once I get, uh, it takes a while, but once I start to get a feel for the case, I'll start giving you hints as to what I think it's worth. 
I can give you some projections as to how long it may take. And it just depends, you know, and, and because every case may run at a different speed. Uh, talking about speed. Yeah. I always look at the clock over your shoulder. I know. And can you believe this already, Paul? It's it's getting close to the end. I do want to ask you a very quick last question, right. uh, which is about how much you communicate with your clients throughout the process of handling a case. Do, are you a set it and forget it kind of person, or do you stay in constant contact with your clients? Constant contact. And we, t- well, I tell the people when they first retain me, I said, if there's one thing you could do to help me, mm. please communicate. I want to mm. communicate mm-hmm. with you, but if you're getting MRIs and you don't tell me, I ain't going to know. <laughs> yeah. If you start seeing Dr. Smith and you didn't tell me, how am I going to have his records? So I believe in communication and I will tell them, if you want to text, I'll text. Okay. I like phone calls. I do snail mail. I do email. And and some people like the Zoom. We'll Zoom. Any way you want to do it, we can do it. But but you've got to try to communicate with us. Yeah, fair enough. That makes perfect sense. Well, communication is a huge deal. Uh, we like communicating with you every single episode about these interesting bits and pieces of law knowledge that you're going to need in your life should you ever have to sue somebody, should you ever face uh, somebody in court. These are the kinds of things that you want to know. And in fact, you know what? We're going to do an episode next week as well. Fancy that. Next week, we're going to be talking about doctors and how they might make a difference to your case. Talk to you next time, Terrence. Thanks. Thanks.